Um, okay, so welcome to the October 13th Zoning Adjustments Board meeting. Avi and Igor, that's good. Hello. Um, I am chairing, I guess, because Charles isn't here. So uh, let me read the thing. Uh, public advisory. This meeting will be conducted exclusively through video conference and teleconference pursuant to government code section 54953E and the state declared emergency. This meeting of the Zoning Adjustments Board, SAB, will be conducted exclusively through video teleconference and Zoom video conference. Why do they say it like it's two different things? Just always wonder that. Um, it's one thing. Uh, the COVID-19 state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of the members to meet safely in person and presents imminent risks to the health of the attendees. Therefore, no physical meeting location will be available. To access the meeting remotely, join from a PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or Android device. Please use a link that I'm not going to read, um, but it's available somewhere online. You have it. I don't know. Um, if you have the link, you're hearing this. If you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, then use the drop-down menu and click rename to rename yourself to be anonymous, which may not be accurate. But anyway, if you can figure out how to change your name and you want to, you should feel welcome to do so. Um, to request to speak, use the raised hand icon by rolling over the bottom of the screen. And that's how we're going to know if you want to speak and we will recognize you at, uh, when the time is right. Uh, to join by phone, dial does Charles read this? 1669-444-9171 or another number and enter a meeting ID. Charles doesn't read that. I'm not reading it. Uh, if you wish to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, press star nine and you wait to be recognized by the chair. So if you're, that is important. If you're joining us by phone, press star nine. That's the same as raising your hand and that'll work. Um, please be mindful that the teleconference will be recorded as any ZAB meeting is recorded and all other rules of procedure and decorum will apply for ZAB meetings conducted by teleconference or video conference. And that's the thing I'm supposed to read. So hello, welcome. Um, let's do a roll call and ex parte disclosures. Great. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for <clears throat> stepping in as chair tonight. Um, when I call your name, uh, please indicate whether you are present um, and um, if you have any ex parte. Um, Board member Trigu. Present. Um, and I want ex parte to disclose I received a call from Greener Rickles about 3003 Dwight Way yesterday. Board member Duffy. Present. No ex parte. Daphne. No ex parte. Any ex parte? Sorry, no ex parte. Thank you. Uh, Chair O'Keefe? Present, no ex parte. Matthews? Present. Um, sitting in tonight for Charles Kahn as a temporary. Um, also ex parte, Rena Rickold spoke with her. She con contacted me yesterday regarding 3,303 3, Dwight Way. Kim? Present, no ex parte. And Sanderson. <clears throat> Present, no ex parte. I got everyone. Great, thank you. Oh, no, you didn't. You missed Michael. I did? I don't know. He, I don't remember him oh, talking. Oh, mm. sorry. Board member Thompson? Present, no ex parte. Something 
weird that your name's written there. Like I have a yes like, there. I know it's been a long day at work, but I'm like, I know I didn't speak yet. <laughs> Before you got to the zoning board meeting, Michael, we decided we had a vote and we decided to exclude you. No. Oh, no, 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 I'm that kidding. That would be a violation of the Brown Act. We would never do that. <laughs> Glad you're here, Michael. But glad everyone's here. So we uh we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Are we missing somebody? Oh, we have a vacancy. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Oh, Carrie. Okay, so let's proceed. Um uh next up we have public comment on non-agendized items. So public, I turn to you now. Am I a host? By the way, because I need to be. I am. Okay, great. So I'm looking at the attendees. Um, I see quite a few people here. Thank you for coming, everyone. Um, now is the time when we would invite we invite anyone um, who's here from the public to speak on an item that's not on the agenda. So when, if you we have three items on the agenda, if you're here for one of those, sit tight. We'll get to you. Um, but if there's something else you would like to say, you can have a few minutes at the beginning of the meeting. If you are here to speak on a non-agendized item, please raise your hand now and I will recognize you. Give like a minute of wait time and I'll remind anyone, do we have anyone joining us by phone? Doesn't look like it, um, but it's star nine to raise your hand if you are doing that. Okay, seeing none, uh, we will move on to um, agenda changes, which really means we have two things on the consent calendar. Well, two items on the consent calendar and then the minutes. Um, so I guess um, if anything is on the consent calendar and it looks like there's some controversy around it um, where we would um, we would like to have a full hearing because we're not planning currently planning to give those items a full hearing. If it looks like something is more controversial <clears throat> than was expected when the agenda was made, we can pull it off consent. Uh, so with that in mind, I'd first like to turn to the public and if you are here to speak about one of the two consent items, and those are um, Dwight Way and Haste, uh, and you would like to speak in opposition to it, or something like opposition, please raise your hand now, and I will recognize you and get a sense of what you what you your concern is. You don't have to say your full thing; just give us a sense, and we'll listen and we'll consider taking it off the consent calendar. Um, and once we're done with the public, I'll also ask the board. So once again, if you're here in support of a project, you don't need to tell us right now because I think everything on the consent calendar is slated for approval. So if it stays on, you'll probably get what you want. But if you would like us to give it a full hearing before we make our decision, now is the time to let us know what your concern is. I hope that's clear. Um, public, raise your hand if you are here to speak about Dwight or Haste, item two, 2003 Dwight or item three, 2435 Haste. Um, and if you have a concern about it, you'd like us to know about before we proceed with the consent calendar. There's a lot of people here, nobody for that. Okay, so I'm gonna assume the public is good with consent. I will now turn to the board. Board members, um, do you have any comments about the consent calendar? Igor. Thank you, Madam Chair or Acting Chair. You're doing great, uh, as always. Um, I don't have any uh, pull requests, but I would like to ask a couple of uh, clarifying questions to staff on 2435 Haste. Let's hear. Okay. Um, so I think this might be our first project that's multifamily demolition of existing rent controlled units under SB 330. So. I wanted to confirm one thing. Does SB 
um, in your staff report, um, staff, you basically verified that, um, well, let me ask this a different way. Under, uh, under the current demolition ordinance, I thought that every rent control unit was to be replaced by um, a low income unit. So I was wondering if 330 supersedes that. I did see what um, you did there, but I wanted to just confirm um, that the previous one for one replacement uh, ordinance is superseded by this or is um, or if 330 includes a provision for that. My second question is, I saw that under the rent ordinance, there uh, appear to be 16 uh, units as counted by the rent board, but eight as counted by the planning department. I know if we're going by the planning department. I just wanted to assure myself that um, there are only four tenancies, I think is what I saw, that will be impacted regardless um, in terms of um, being displaced and then having a uh, forced right of refusal to come back. That's correct. Um, there are four tenants that will be um, subject to the uh, relocation and right of return um, uh, provisions. Um, we are going by the SB 330 uh, provisions um, for replacement units. Um, and the SB 330 provisions point to the density bonus provisions for replacement unit. And in the density bonus provisions, it's when you don't have uh, uh, information about the income of the tenants that were uh, existing or are currently uh, occupying, then you go by the HUD data for the city of Berkeley. Um, and so this distribution that you see uh, in the staff report and in the conditions is according to the HUD data. Um, thank you. And then can, th this can just be a yes or no. Um, can you confirm uh, it looked like there, um, based on the findings and conditions that the units that are not under um, a deed restriction for affordability will be under rent control if the tenant chooses to return to a unit of equal um, rental um, amount. We do have a condition for if, um, if you're meaning if it, they don't qualify, income qualify. Correct. Um, we do have a condition for that. Um, and we do uh, in condition number 56. Um, sitting tenants that do not qualify below for below market rate unit shall be provided first right of refusal at a rent that would have applied if they had remained in place for as long as their tenancy continues. The maximum rent for such tenancies shall increase on January 1st of each year by no more than 65% of the percentage increase in the consumer price index for all urban consumers in the San Francisco Oakland region um, for the 12 month period ending the previous June 30. So we do have a provision for that. Um, and this, this condition was um, written and drafted in conjunction with the Rent Stabilization Board. 
Thank you. And then uh, through the chair, if I can just uh, see Leaf raising his hand. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what to do about that. I guess we, we've we already heard from, we've given the public a chance, oh. but. Um, he's a member of the staff. Oh, yeah. So, so, oh, so he, he could be. I, I mean, he could be a panelist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I trust you. Let's let's bring him up. Let's, let's hear what he has to say because he could help clarify this. I'm sorry about the cat butt situation. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to manage it. Um, yeah, so let's recognize Leaf if that seems appropriate to everyone. Thank you. Hello, can everybody? Hi. Hi, um, I'm Lee from Rentboard Staff, obviously. I, I just came tonight if there were any questions and raised my hand because I felt that was a question that the Rentboard side could best answer. So this um, would not be under rent control and registrable with the board as a normal unit B, but essentially it's conditioned as if, rent, as if it was under rent control with the same limits. And um, it would really be on the tenant to, you know, Hopefully there'll be no issues, but it'll be on the tenant to defend that. And it would be a, if, you know, if there are any issues of it, it would be a violation of the use permit. So it wouldn't be under regular rent control, but it's just conditioned like that. And given that this is new construction building, which is normally exempt, um, our legal staff felt that would be um, the best way to go about that. And so we are recommending that as the best solution to follow the demo ordinance intent and to you know maintain the rent levels of any existing tenant who does not income qualify for a, a replacement BMR unit. Great. Uh, Do any more questions, Igor? Um, no, I have a motion. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Leif. That was helpful. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know we could do that. Oh yes, um, thank you. Yeah, so just um, we do have some corrections to the conditions of approval um, to read into the record. Um, that Sharon has. So I'm going to share my screen here so that you could see it as well. Um, let's see if we can do this. Uh, uh, okay, just one second, I'm having to Um, actually, it's not letting me. Samantha, could you? Is it possible for you to share your screen while I'm talking about this? Great, thank you. So um, there are a couple of corrections to the conditions of approval, um, and the reason is that in the staff report we kind of overstated the uh, BMR distribution. Um, including one moderate income where um, that's not actually required um, of the applicant to uh, provide. So we struck the mention of the moderate income unit in the conditions uh, and also revised the regulatory agreement condition to, um, to uh, match, to be consistent with the, uh, the, condition about the below market rate units number 63 because there's some language in there that talks about only VLI units and actually we have VLI units and also low income LI units so those were the those were the revisions to the
conditions. Okay. All right. Any questions about the revisions? All right. Seeing none. Thank you so much, Sharon. Appreciate that. Um, so, ooh, my thing froze for a minute. Okay. Um, Igor, what's what's up? Um, I moved the consent calendar, which for the record includes approval of the minutes from September 22nd, uh, 3003 Dwight Way and 2435 Haste. 3003 Dwight Way as amended? As amended. Thank you. Great. All right. We have a motion. Uh, Dohi, what would you like to say? Uh, just to second the motion. Great. All right. Deborah. Uh, yes, I would like to separate those because um, I will need to not participate in the minutes because I didn't participate in the meeting. So it would probably be better to separate those two motions. You know, Deborah, what we've done, uh, I think we weren't doing this when you were on Zab, but um, yeah. we, you can just, when you vote, you can just say, I abstain from the minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, that's great. what I'm going to do. I'm also going to abstain from the all minutes. All right, great. So if that's all, all right. right with you, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Great. That seems to work for staff. So, um, okay. So there's a motion and a second. Once again, we're moving the consent calendar, um, which has not been amended except for the, um, uh, except for those, uh, it was actually Hay Street as amended. Um, and Dwight Way. So are we ready for a vote? Um, quick question. I know yeah. Shoshana that you, or sorry, um, Chair O'Keefe, that you had asked if there were um, concerns about keeping things on consent, but did you take public comment? I was did. That, was that, that public was public comment? comment. It yeah. was, okay. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to make sure I didn't cross my wire, my own wires there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope I made it clear that the public, I asked the public if they had any concerns about anything on the consent calendar and nobody raised okay. their hand. So. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. Um, that's a very important step. Okay, so um, let's vote. Okay, so this is on the consent calendar, um, including approval of the action minutes, um, 3003 Dwight Way, and 2435 Haste with the amended conditions of approval. Um, board member Trigu. Yes. Duffy? Yes. Gaffney. Yes. Thompson. Yes. I think I'm missing someone. Got Michael this time. Me. Um, you didn't Charity? get me this. You didn't get me this time. Yeah, I'm still going. Okay. Oh. Sorry. Um, Chair O'Keefe. Uh, yes, but I'd like to abstain from the minutes because I also was not present at the meeting. Um, Matthews? My vote is yes, abstaining from the minutes for September 22nd. Kim? Yes. And Sanderson? Yes. And I did get everyone that time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great. All right. Even if you didn't, uh, it's enough votes to pass it. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we want to hear from everyone. But uh, so the consent calendar it passes. So um, Dwight Way and Hay Street, you have your Use permits, they are appealable to the city council. Uh, so make a note of that um, and the minutes are approved. Okay, moving on. Um, we only have one item on the action calendar and it is an appeal, 1262 Francisco. Um, so usually when we do an appeal, 
uh, we let um, so that they're tell me if this is wrong. We we let the um, appellant speak first, and then the applicant, and then we let the appellant. No, I think we just do the appellant and then the applicant in a normal appeal. Is that correct? Um, I, I'm almost positive that's right. Staff first. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm just preparing everyone because um, there's two appeals that are related, but I think we're going to give time to each. Yes. So I just wanted to lay that. Yes, of course. We'll have staff presentation first, questions for staff. Then uh, we're going to hear from both appellants, which yes. I believe is, is what they want. And then we'll hear from the applicant. Yes. And then we'll have public comment. So that's what's going to happen. I had to get it straight for myself, and it's good for everyone to know what's happening. So um, we will start with the staff report, please. Um, so that's Katrina Lapira. Um, I'm really having trouble with Zoom tonight, you guys. I'm so sorry. Are you trying to promote Katrina? Yeah, it's just. I think that's. I can try to do it. Okay. Yeah, I can. I got it. Oh wait, yeah, someone's got it. There she is. Okay, Katrina. Hi, Hello. Here, let me share my screen. Give me a second. All right, can everyone see my screen? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Good evening, board members. As mentioned, my name is Katrina Lapira, and I'm the planner for the subject project and appeal before you. The project being appealed tonight is the zoning officer's decision to approve an administrative use permit, which modifies a previously approved AUP by adding 40 square feet on the first floor and a balcony on the second floor of an existing single family dwelling unit. For some background, the subject project is located at 1262 Francisco Street. The subject site is located mid-block along Francisco Street between Webster and Chestnut Street in North Berkeley. The site is located about two blocks east of San Pablo Avenue and about a block west from the North Berkeley BART station. The subject site is zoned as R2, as is the appellant's property at 1256 Francisco. As mentioned earlier, the subject appeal appeals modifications to a previously approved AUP. The original AUP was for a two-story major residential addition greater than 14 feet in average height. The modified AUP added 40 square feet to the first floor of the dwelling along the eastern property line and added a balcony off of the primary bedroom on the second floor. The issues raised by the appellants are centered on the proposed balcony shown here. Note, there were several issues raised in the appeal letters, but, the, but only the appeal points that are within ZAB's purview are discussed in the staff report as well as in this presentation. The three main issues raised by the appellants concern the potential negative impacts on views, noise, and privacy. Staff found that the proposed modifications would not obstruct significant views. The subject area is generally flat and developed with one and two story residences that obscure most views that may be available of the Berkeley Hills or other views defined in zoning code. Further, during a site visit of the subject properties conducted on September 1st of this year, staff observed that the views from, 50, from 1256 Francisco looking eastward were not significant. Concerning noise, activity on the residential balcony is not within the purview of the zoning ordinance. 
However, the noise levels noted in BNC section 1340, shown here, are applicable and enforceable through environmental health. In regards to privacy, the proposed balcony will not result in significant privacy impacts. The proposed balcony at the second story is set back over eight feet from the western property line and over 20 feet from the eastern property line. It complies with the underlying zoning. To mitigate the potential impacts of privacy, a privacy screen is proposed along the west side of the balcony between the subject properties. And further, staff has amended the approved conditions of approval, adding condition number 11 to ensure that a privacy screen shall be maintained throughout the life of the project. In conclusion, because of the project's consistency with the zoning ordinance, general plan, and the minimal impact on surrounding properties, it's staff's recommendation that ZAB approves the subject AEP finding, AP subject to findings and conditions, and that ZAB dismiss the appeals. This concludes staff's presentation. Please let me know if you have any questions. Great, thank you so much, Katrina. Um, are there any questions for staff? From the board. All right, seeing none. Well, um, Katrina, uh, Where'd she go? Oh, there you are. Um, I assume you'll stick around uh, if anyone doesn't have any questions for you. So just ask them if they come up. So moving on, let's hear, as I outlined before, we're going to hear from the appellant first. Um, and there are two appellants. They filed two separate appeals in this case. So um, appellants, can we promote the, can we promote them? Or yeah, let's promote both of them. And I know they're working together. So I assume, I don't mind whichever one of you wants to go first. Um, but you time? Five minutes each. Okay. I have Amy here, so I'll, um, I'll promote her first. Okay. Amy, I hope that's okay. If you don't want to go first, Amy, and the other uh, appellant wants to go first, that's okay with me. I don't really, I don't mind. Um, please let John speak first. Okay. Is John ready? I'm happy to let him speak first if he's here. I don't see John on here. What's his last name? John Melvinapol. Yeah, he's not. Different Jonathans. Different Johns. I see him raising his Oh, hand. I see. Okay, thank you. I see him too. Oh, I don't see it. Oh, I was scrolled. Okay, yes, let's let him on. There we go. Hi, John. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Sorry, I couldn't rename myself to have a full <laughs> first and last name. We figured it out. So are you okay going first? Yeah, I'm okay going first. Uh, can Great. I share my screen? Um, yeah, can uh, we not at the that? moment. I can yeah. allow him to do that, though. Yeah, it's okay with me if it's technologically possible. Okay. So, John, you understand? You, okay, John, you understand you have five minutes. We're going to set a timer. Um, if you're sharing your screen, it probably won't be super visible, but um, don't be surprised if you get interrupted after five minutes, but then we'll let Amy speak for another five. Sound okay? And I'm setting a timer on my end. I'll announce a one minute warning. Great. Thank you. Okay, there we, there we go. We're almost here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hang on just a second. And your time will start once you, you it's okay if you want to take a second. You're the only okay. one on our agenda, so don't, no rush. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Okay, there we go. Do you see a screen? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Then I'm ready to begin. Uh, thank you, Chair O'Keefe. Thank you, Board, for hearing my appeal. My name is John Vinapal. I'm a resident at 1256 Francisco. Uh, I have the pleasure to be married to Amy Baldwin, who is the owner of the property. 
Uh, I have two requests of the ZAB, one to adjust the roof deck to remove uh, detriments to the peace and the comfort of my wife. And second, to discipline in any way you can the architect, Sunny Gruel, for making false statements on the AUP signed under penalty of perjury. Uh, this is an AUP modification. The original AUP was brought to us uh, October of 2020. That's two years ago last week. A second story master suite that's against our property line. A lot of construction. Uh, Jonathan has been Amy's neighbor for over 20 years. He described this project as his dream. And Amy signed it off with no requests for mitigation or modifications. Uh, at that time, Jonathan told us that he had decided against the roof deck. This project has been approved and buildable since January 2021. Two days after it was approved, the applicants filed to build a roof deck. They never talked to us about it, and the first notice we received was two months later from the city of Berkeley. Why was this so contentious? Well, surprise, there's a large roof deck. It looks into our bedroom. Jonathan says, no, I never told you I was going to build a roof deck. And then we find in the, in the AUP that the, they're claiming Amy supported this roof deck. And then there's the property line, a whole other matter. Uh, roof deck, very big. How big was it? 270 square feet, located 12 feet from our house, open metal railings, no privacy mitigations, looked directly down into our bedroom and onto our bed. Really problematic. Uh, then in the AUP, it claimed that Amy had consented to this project. This project has the support of the adjoining neighbors, which was absolutely false. Uh, we had to ask ourselves, was this just an accident? Uh, Neither applicant has ever apologized or ever tried to explain why this happened. And then in November of 2021, Jonathan, our neighbor, did the same thing again, misrepresenting Amy's support on his new design. The property line set claimed to be eight inches on our side of the fence, and this started to be contentious. Eight inches puts the setback of the new construction at precisely five feet. Uh, this is not what the measurements say. Sunny Girl, the architect, refused to revise this measurement after mediation. So we were left wondering what's magical about five feet. And it turns out five feet is exactly what's needed to avoid a mandatory property survey when you're building new construction next to the setback. So we tried pretty hard to make this work. This is in March and April, one month in. We offered alternative roof designs. We offered to pay for changes associated with those designs, and that offer is still on the board. We asked for mediation, and I even offered a compromised property line and got no traction with any of it. We did go to mediation. Uh, the applicants, they did make some changes to this design. They added some equisetum against our window line, and they did reduce the size of the deck, but it still looked directly into our bedroom. Then the applicants filed this new roof deck plan two weeks prior to our mediation session. After mediation, uh, there was a brief period of detente and then Jonathan put this on hold in order to build his AUP. Uh, I'd like to change- One minute warning. Course. Yes. I'd like to change the course a tiny bit and talk about uh, errors that the architect has made in this plan. Uh, he claimed my wife's support on a plan she had never seen. 
he manufactured a property line using pretty torturous math. He had to round down the far side to the nearest foot, round up our side to the nearest foot, and then pad it out with some missing inches in order to get to that five foot number. He never addressed it. Uh, the zoning officer forced them to, uh, to get a property survey, but at that point, we'd already spent $4,000 doing one ourselves. Uh, and I'll note on the current AUP, the number is still not right. It is not the number from the survey. Uh, the existing ADU, it is not on the existing site plan at all. It's rented, it has a tenant, not on the plans. The bedroom count in the tabulation table is incorrect. The house is a two bedroom house. That said, there's two in the house and minutes, one sir. in the ADU. The applicants wish to add two new bedrooms so I believe they need to file specifically to add a fifth bedroom. To okay, sir, uh, your time is up. So thank you so much for your presentation. Thank you. Um, and they, they appreciate it. Uh, you can stop sharing your screen. Sure. Just uh, unless it's for, unless Amy's going to use it too. Nope, she's got her own. Okay, great. So let's close that down. Thank you again. Um, my screen froze. Okay, everyone's back. Uh, so Amy, uh, would love to hear from you if you're ready. Yes, I would also like to share a screen. Okay, staff, can we get that set up? Should she be able to share her screen now? Yeah. Okay, Amy, go ahead and try. Um, let me see. Are you seeing the slideshow? No, sorry, not yet. Um, there we go. Yep, okay. we can see Great. it now. Good job. Okay, so Amy, Great. same thing. You've got five minutes uh, once they go, and you'll get a one-minute warning, okay? Okay, thanks. Right. I am Amy Baldwin, co-owner and resident of 1256 Francisco, the adjacent house to the west of Mr. Miller. <clears throat> I am a survivor of sexual assault, and I deserve to never face having my privacy violated by a man who insists he's entitled to do so because he paid a lot of money for it and who repeatedly lies about my consent in order to get what he wants. I am going to suggest some design changes for privacy. First, Mr. Miller's new bathroom and closet windows over here in red are directly across from my two bedroom windows over here in yellow. And I just request that um, the windows may be made frosted glass and fixed shut in order to preserve my privacy over here. And Mr. Miller will still have this bathroom window for ventilation. Um, this is the view from uh, the proposed deck, roof deck location into my property. If the privacy screen is ever removed, damaged, or simply poorly maintained, this will be the result in, in a massive privacy invasion in the back of my house and my bedroom. I have sent Mr. Miller four different roof deck designs just to open discussion on design possibilities, but he has never been open to discussing design. This is the design which I recommend. Um, it's basically taking the location of what he's calling a balcony, where if there's a failure of privacy screen, it looks directly into my bedroom, and just moving it approximately 12 feet over here so that it's around the corner and will never see into my bedroom. Um, this is the problem with the current privacy screen design. It looks like it was designed to be temporary and made of materials which would degrade to the point of being useless after five years of simple neglect, especially here where this wood sits on top of a stucco railing and will capture water. 
also this side of the privacy screen is not actually attached to the house here and so it, it, the whole thing could easily be pushed over especially after a rot on this end you see that the privacy screen doesn't even come to the railing so that over here when somebody just leans on the railing like this they just look over and look directly into my bedroom I don't have time to go over the long list of Mr. Miller's past actions, so I will just share one. Um, six months after mediation, Mr. Miller lies a second time about my agreement to design and misrepresents the outcome of mediation to the city planner. And later when confronted about this, he denies knowing of signing any agreement. I cannot trust that a, any promise or claim which Mr. Miller makes today will have any substance or meaning at all to Mr. Miller tomorrow. I am basically asking for a roof deck to be moved 12 feet to guarantee my privacy. I have never expected Mr. Miller to go without a roof deck or balcony. While at the same time, Mr. Miller has insisted for over a year that he has a right to invade my privacy. He has tried bullying, intimidation. He's lied to me. He's lied to the planning department about my consent multiple times and has been completely inflexible about design, making it clear he is only willing to stick with a design which could afford him the option to invade my privacy in the future. I have already been a generous neighbor in volunteering to relinquish my own late views and substantial privacy from the east side of my house for Mr. Miller to have his house addition. I have not seen the city take any action against the lies and misrepresentation in the application, even though it carries penalty of perjury. Even basic plan corrections, such as the omission of an entire ADU seems beyond the planning department's abilities. I realize that the planning department is incredibly busy, but it gives me no faith in the quality of enforcement that I will get from the city. Mr. Miller and his architect, Mr. Gruel, have already gotten away with so many lies while under the watch of the city's process that I have no reason to believe that this privacy screen design does anything to protect my privacy. Looking into building sitting codes, I have found no roof deck policies or design standards, and certainly nothing that indicates that a privacy screen is the maximum allowable protections. In the absence of objective One design standards or clear city policies, the default should not be to enable predatory behavior. While the applicant may not actually have any ill intentions, we can only guess his intentions based on his actions. The city's disregard for the applicant's actions thus far is enabling behavior, which has been very triggering to me as a survivor of sexual assault. I deserve to never face having my privacy violated by a man who insists he's entitled to do so because he paid money for it and who repeatedly lies about my consent in order to get what he wants. I deserve to feel safe in my own home. Thank you. Sorry, I was muted. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate your sharing. Um, you can stop sharing your screen now. Um, okay, so next, um, oh, are there any questions for either of the appellants? Okay, seeing none, um, uh, I'd like to invite the applicant now, and I assume that's Sonny. Are you representing the applicants? Or he can't speak now, but let's promote him. I can. He's raising his hand. Sonny, are you here to, to represent the applicant? Yes, uh, Jonathan, I have both. Uh, Jonathan will speak first. Okay, so you together will have five minutes. Is that clear? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to let both of you talk and um, you guys can split it up however you want. Sure. Okay, so we'll set the timer and I'll give you one minute warning. Okay, or I won't, but Katrina will. Okay. 
shoot. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, would you mind enabling my screen, please? Okay. Let's not start the timer yet until his screen's shared. Well, I can start by saying thank you, members of the ZAB, and those attending this meeting for your time and attention to this matter. Um, wow. Just trying to process what just happened. Let me know when you guys have me. Uh, can you? You're, you've been promoted, so you should be able to share your screen. Uh, okay, sorry. How do I do that? Sorry. I could just speak, but I kind of want to show my face so you can see my true intentions, I guess. Oh, you want to show your face or do you want to share your screen? My, my, oh, just my face. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Could you have a, do you have a start, uh, start video button anywhere on Zoom? Where would that be? What kind of device are you on? Uh, Mac. Okay. Um, It should be at the bottom, bottom, uh, uh, left corner. I only have the mute. Um, do you have a webcam? I do. Okay. It only gives me microphone, speaker, audio settings. It might not. It sounds like I mean, it might not be connected to your camera. So why don't you just go ahead um, and we, you know, we can. Okay. Hold on one second. We'll, we'll assume think, positive intent. I think there's actually an issue. I keep trying to promote him to panelists, but it's not letting me for some oh, reason. Oh, okay. I think I said. I'm still here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I think we're trying to figure out how to promote you to panelists. I, I pressed talking permitted, but I haven't promoted anyone. I don't actually know how to do that. I'm, I think I'm now a panelist. I, I thought you guys were the, just the panel. I don't feel like a panelist. Can you turn on your camera now? Uh, I can't. Yeah, you can't? I cannot. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, start video. Yeah. because I'm sorry. You, I'm you're, sorry. You're it's okay. I'm there sorry, Shana. Yeah. Chair O'Keefe, thank you. Chair, Chair O'Keefe, can you guys mm-hmm. see me? Yeah, we're, we're good. Uh, so you can go ahead and start now. Uh, okay. We'll start your timer. Thank you, members of the ZAB and uh, Chair, Chair O'Keefe. Um, I'd like to preface my comments by expressing my regret um, that this has become so contentious. Um, sorry, I did script this out, so I'm just trying to get to where I am. Um, I hope for positive outcome for all parties. Um, I bought 1262 in July 2001 before either John or Amy resided next door. Now, as a single dad with two teenage boys, I find that this two-bedroom post-depression house has become just too small. Um, Through a rigorous vetting process, I found Sonny Graywall and asked him to help realize my vision. And within a matter of days, he had drafted a beautiful design proposal, which reflected my desire for a more open floor plan, an additional bedroom, a generous kitchen, and family room, and an office. I think the appellants were thinking that the office is a bedroom, which it is not. I think that's technical hearsay or whatever. Um, um, Sonny has been a consummate professional and a wonderful collaborator. His devotion to details and accuracy, his kind demeanor and willingness to collaborate makes working with him a pure pleasure. While filing for the initial AUP, I went door to door, masked and outdoors to present and have my adjoining neighbors sign off on the large format plans. All eight did so, including John and Amy, as they mentioned. During this process, a couple of these neighbors suggested that I add on a deck to afford views of the SF skyline, which intrigued me. So I had Sonny modify the plans to add a deck. 
By then, we were in full COVID lockdown, and the planning department mailed out the AUP modification notice to neighbors, which is when John and Amy reacted immediately and acrimoniously. After many email exchanges between them, myself, Sonny, and the planning department, I agreed to mediation through seeds. I realized that such an outsized deck didn't fit with the aesthetic of the house and the surrounding area, so I compromised and had Sonny modify the design, shrinking the deck by about 60% down to a balcony accessible only off the master bedroom. This was still unacceptable to John and Amy, as they claimed this would infringe on their bedroom and backyard privacy. So... I compromised yet again and had Sonny add a translucent screen that would provide additional privacy, yet still allow light to pass through. The result is the final modified AUP before you, which is in full compliance of the planning department's rules and regulations, as well as being a tasteful design that maintains the aesthetic of the original architecture and neighborhood. My process with Sonny has been above board and by the book. We never intended to be misleading or devious in any way. We have offered good faith and maintained transparency throughout the entire planning and permit process and have followed city planning protocol exactly as required. While it may be true that COVID put a monkey wrench into the continuity of our communication and that Sonny made minor inconsequential errors, we course corrected and moved on. I can't control my neighbor's reactions. I can only continue to move forward with the permit process. Also, I don't want to address the emotional content of their appeal. None of this is personal from my perspective. I just want to expand my house to make a more comfortable and spacious home for me and my family. I fully reject Ms. Baldwin and Mr. Vinopal's accusations and confrontational rhetoric toward me and my architect, Sonny Graywall. I find much of their appeal to be inappropriate, misleading, and insulting. Their attacks on Sonny are unfounded, misguided, frivolous, and false. His integrity, reputation, professionalism, and a body of work precede him, as does his respectful and ethical approach to architectural design and the planning process. One Sonny, minute warning. Do you have anything to add, Sonny? Uh, sure. Look, I never said at all that we didn't make mistakes on the measurements on the site plan. You know, when th those uh, inaccuracies were presented to me, I remeasured things, I adjusted things, and I said, without having an actual survey, I'm basically measuring, you know, from the house to where the fences are, and then I'm making some interpretation because I know what the overall width of the property is, I know how wide the house is, and this is where we are. And they weren't happy with it. So eventually they got a survey, we got a survey, and it came out that you know I was off by you know some inches, not no in not a foot or anything like that. And the changes were made to the site plan to represent the actual surveys, uh, and we did. You know we made modifications to the large uh, balcony that we had originally. We reduced it in I think something like sixty or seventy percent smaller. We added the screening that they asked for. I mean we did what they asked for, but now they're simply saying don't do the deck or put it on the opposite side of the house. I mean you know. Well, Time is up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, applicants. I appreciate your, your testimony. Um, we'll go ahead and put them back as um, attendees. Oh, actually, not yet. Are there any questions for the applicants before we send you away? Okay, I'm not seeing any questions for you, so we'll go ahead and um, put them back as attendees. Thanks again for coming. Um, uh, Deborah, I see your hand up. I was going to go to a public comment now, 
Uh, do you have a do you have a question now right now? I think you're muted. By the way, my hand uh, it doesn't seem like it's up on my side. Oh, De sorry, Deborah Sanderson. I forgot we had. Two oh Deborah. God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> problem. Yeah. Um, so the first question I think goes to the applicants. Can I do this now? Yeah, I, they're still here. We just got rid of them, but um, yeah, go ahead. We can bring them back. So when I look at the site plan, the deck is three almost four feet from the edge of the roof it's not right on the edge of the roof so when in their photos they show it as right on the edge of the roof but i need someone maybe staff to confirm um looking at the drawing here that it's recessed from the edge of the roof yeah yes. maybe it's best best if katrina um uh, yep. Yes, that's correct. It's recessed from the roof. Okay, so the picture they provided is it's going to be four, three and a half feet over. Um, the other question I have, ask it, I guess, is staff. If we require that the screening be there, um, can how do I say this? They seem upset about the screening because they think that it's flimsy and it's going to fall over. So the screening has to be, you know, well-made <laughs> and to last through the weather that we have out here. So do we need to address anything to assure that? Or do we just, do we, we have specifications in the conditions about the screening? There are no design specifications as to what materials should be used, but we have conditioned the project so that it be maintained as long as the the balcony is there. So in the event that it were to blow over, per se, um, that would be a code enforcement issue. Okay. Thank you. And Deborah, I think we'll have maybe a better time for requests for staff might be oh. after public comment. Um, it's fine okay. now, but um, uh, if questions for the applicant or appellant would be welcome now. Otherwise, I'd like to hear from the rest of the public and then we can bring it back to the board. We can ask whatever questions we want of the staff. Does that sound okay? Okay. Um, so any other questions for the applicants or the appellants? We can bring them back up too. Okay. Seeing none, um, promise the board will get their time. Uh, so public, we'd like to hear from you. Um, so please Everybody who would like to speak, please raise your hand now. It's really helpful for us to see how many people are planning to speak. And by the way, I see uh, Ms. Baldwin has her hand up. Um, I'm afraid you won't be allowed to speak anymore. It's all, we're only hearing from members of the public who are not part of the appellant or the applicant team. Um, so yeah, so let's see, we've got one, two, thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people have their hand up. So we'll go ahead and give two minutes per speaker. Um, and uh, and if you just get it, raise your, get in line by raising your hand, I'm gonna call on them in the order that they appear on my screen. So the first person up is um, Jody Ravel. I'm, so, I'm doing my best with pronunciation. Um, Jody, I'm gonna let you to talk. And um, uh, Karen, are you doing the timer? Yes, I'll share my screen and uh, start the yeah. timer. So I'm assuming no public members of the public. Don't start the timer until they start speaking, but I'm gonna go ahead and allow Jody to talk. Okay, can everyone see my screen? 
Yeah, we can see the timer. Thank you. So, okay. so public work, and that's that two minute timer is for you. Um, so we won't interrupt you. Uh, just please uh, be respectful of the two minute time so that everyone has a chance to speak. Um, I've lost my participants thing. Okay, uh, Jody. Jody. Hello, Hello Jody. Hi. Hi. Hi, this is actually Medarek Ravel. I'm uh, Judy's husband. I'm, great, we're great. using the same computer. That's fine. Um, Go ahead. So um, we um, we have been speaking with Jonathan throughout this process. He has, as he mentioned, he brought the plans. He showed us the plans. He agreed on what he was doing, and um, that was that. Um, then you, you know the, uh, we heard about his uh, the idea of uh, building a deck and. To us, it made sense. Just it makes a lot of sense to have a deck on in your own house, um, but you know it has to be definitely respectful and done properly so that everybody's property is safe. You feel safe in your house. Um, so I just want to say that I don't have a problem with the applicant. I think that actually is very respectful. He's very quiet. Um, his two boys are lovely, uh, so it's a good family, and. Um, you know, I just wish that they can find a compromise somewhere uh, so that they can make it happen for everyone. That's pretty much okay. it. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you definitely do not have to take the full two minutes. Um, that's a maximum, not a minimum. Um, so next up, we'll hear from Adam. I'll just say first names. Um, Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I... Uh, live kind of in the neighborhood. I actually don't know any of these people or their properties, but um, just wanted to talk. I have a, a bit of interaction with Sunny through something that's closer to me. And um, I, you know, Sunny's been an architect in Berkeley for a long time. He knows the processes. He knows how to get the measurements. The kind of mistakes that he has made here um, are not the kind of thing that an architect that's been working in Berkeley for two decades makes by accident. And, and I feel, especially when you look at submission where someone has uh, made errors on their submission, they've signed a legal document that, where they say penalty under perjury, um, it, where the city is not taking any action against that, um, you all as members of the city's process uh, really are degrading the process if you don't take action. And I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I, right here, but I, I want to put it out there because it's really important for the integrity of Berkeley's legal system that when people make uh, illegal statements like signing perjury statements, statement, that they're held accountable. Um, I also think in terms of the design, um, you know, I, I don't think that the, the appellants are asking for anything extreme. Number one, a screen that is a little bit more inclusive and closing around the edges uh, to add on to it being a permanent fixture seems like a very reasonable ask. And if there's a way to move it to another corner, um, you know, that would have no impact on them and maybe not even need that, that screen anymore, that also seems like a really reasonable thing for the ZAD to be asking the uh, applicants to look into. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, so that was Adam. Next up is Jonathan Lipschitz. Jonathan, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Go ahead. All right, great. Um, I, I'm 
here to speak in support of uh, Jonathan's project. I am actually currently in the process of renovating our home and uh, the board here at Zab was uh, diligent and um, did great work in allowing us to address neighbors' unfounded concerns uh, regarding our project. Um, I know Jonathan as a incredibly um, kind, generous, and uh, honest person. So I, 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 it would seem wholly out of character to um, lie for him. Um, the project seems to be very reasonable and well within the the city's guidelines. It's been approved by the by the planning department. Um, as far as the screen is concerned, I understand the the appellant's desire for privacy, and if a slight change in the screen can attach it to the uh, to the north side of the of the house and maybe move it along a little bit to the on the other side, great. But moving it to the moving the deck to the northeast would um, essentially obscure or ruin uh, the view that they're looking to gain by that small deck. Um, so I, I fully support Jonathan's uh, desire to move ahead with the plans, maybe a very slight modification of the screen uh, for privacy, but otherwise it seems like an incredibly reasonable thing for me. Thank you. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, next up is Ignacio. Ignacio, go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. All right. Um, okay, so sorry I am not visible. Um, is it possible to cede a minute of my time to uh, the applicant? No, I'm, John I'm sorry, we, we don't cede time at Zap, so just go ahead, take That's your two fine. minutes. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, uh, so so as far as I can tell, the numbers really still don't add up. I'm referring to the uh, mistakes that um, the architect of the applicant has actually admitted to in his statement. I just feel that um, I have serious doubts about whether the project that the ZAB authorized actually reflects the reality on the ground. If the measurements are still in, if uh, the appellant, appellant has acknowledged that there are mistakes um, in it, it, it just feels like uh, what was what was offered and submitted is not so actually what might take place. Um, you know, there's some serious questions here. I, just for the board, what does it say for your organization if you are not fully aware of the items that you sign off on? That's even leaving the question of perjury aside, whether you're colluding with or abetting inaccuracies in applications submitted to you, just is the board actually aware of what's actually going to be constructed in, uh, are the numbers clear aside from the applicant and what the applicant says, is the board aware of what the actual proposal is now? And what does it say about the board if you cannot actually point to those facts and just uh, have a clear measurement that the board knows and is separate from whatever both sides say. All right, thank you very much, Ignacio. Um, next up is uh, Chris. Uh, and Chris, I'm allowing you to talk. Thank you for putting your pronouns up. It's helpful for everyone. Chris, go ahead. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate this time. Um, I'm here to speak on behalf of the appellants. Um, I'm a Bay Area native and former Berkeley resident. Um, I'd like to point out that uh, the Baldwin family has lived in and contributed significantly to California history for over 100 years. Um, they are not new residents in this home or in this neighborhood, um, and they continue to contribute significantly to the culture and positive, um, yeah, positive history of Berkeley and the Bay Area. Um, I really want to speak to the fact that Jonathan, their neighbor, had the option to be fact-based in his presentation. Um, John and Amy presented a timeline, they presented plans, they presented well-reasoned um, arguments saying all of the ways that they wanted to operate together in good faith in order to try to come to some kind of solution. Um, in contrast, we got sort of a, I don't know what I would say, a faux good-natured, condescending, um, opinion-based sort of ramble from the neighbor who I don't know. Um, and I, I, I just to me, the thing that I personally want to say is that it feels like what he's saying is, trust me. And I just don't feel like he's given John and Amy any reason to trust him. And I find that personally very disturbing. Um, and that's what I'd like to say. I really think that people should make their arguments in facts. Um, and, and yeah, I think that the, the facts of the case are obvious. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Uh, next up is Meryl. Sorry, Meryl, I'm trying to allow you to talk. There we go. Go ahead, Meryl. Thank you. I am really shocked and just feel that this is a nightmare situation for any woman to have somebody staring down into her bedroom. And I'm sorry about what happened to Amy and everyone I know felt very badly to hear her story. It's disgusting that the, that the planning department is not making sure that things are done properly. It, it can't be the wild, wild west in the planning department. Amy said she gave her consent for one project, and then that consent was transferred over to the newer project, a, a, a changed project, and that was not her intention. And then her husband and herself have to spend like thousands of dollars to try to explain their case and that there was actually an error made. I mean, is this justice? Is this Berkeley, California? You've got to be kidding me. So I don't know Jonathan. I don't know many of the details, but what I have heard tonight is just shocking and appalling. And it's like, the planning department should shut down immediately and say, what is going on? If simple measurements cannot be verified, it sends shivers and shudders. 
up everyone's spine wondering what is happening. I hope the planning, uh, Zab votes in favor of the appellant. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Um, next up is Justin Quimby. Go ahead, Justin. Hi, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, board, for uh, letting me take this time. Uh, I'm here to uh, speak and, and request the rejection of the permit for 1262 uh, Francisco Street. Uh, I was shocked when I read about the details of this case. Um, the timelines about uh, seem surprising. Uh, the fact that Mr. Miller lied or apparently misrepresented his intentions about not wanting a roof deck to the appellants to secure the initial permit does not indicate good intent. Uh, architect Gruel, who has, by other folks' admission, decades of experience, signed off on an incorrect property line. Uh, and then the appellants had to spend thousands of dollars to get a survey done. Uh, where are the consequences for that level of either inaction uh, or intentional misrepresentation of the facts. Um, the, the application uh, doesn't take into account at all the sight lines into the bedroom of a neighborhood building. Um, I did some research and it turns out that the Baldwin's family has been in that house at least since 1958. They are not new to this neighborhood. Um, please reject the, this permit for 1262. Uh, because it feels as though it's built on a bed of lies, and it sets a dangerous, dangerous precedent about lies being acceptable to be given to this board for the approval of really important matters regarding housing. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Justin. Um, next up is Tammy. Uh, <clears throat> okay, can you hear me? Yes, we can, Tammy. Go ahead. Okay, I can't tell in these circumstances how to turn my camera on either, so I'm just going to speak. Yeah, you're not, you can't actually, so just go ahead and speak. Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand. Okay, um, so I've listened to all of this, um, and as a woman who owns property in Berkeley, I am super disturbed to hear that anyone living near me could build a deck that invaded my privacy without my consent, and apparently this would get okayed by the zoning board. The, the thing that really sticks with me about what we've all been talking about is it's very clear that the appellants did not consent to this design and have had to argue about it after the fact that it was lied about that they consented. They've come up with lots of alternatives that I don't think should be a big deal. It sounds like they really want a roof deck. There's still a view of the San Francisco skyline from the proposed roof decks, which I've looked at. Um, I'm not under... I don't really understand why this has become so important to the applicant that they're unwilling to discuss anything with the neighbor. And I also don't understand why we're talking about the character of this person and his lovely sons. He could absolutely choose to sell that property in two years. The person rents it out to a bunch of college students. Suddenly there's four pe 40 people on the deck. The privacy screen gets knocked over. There's no saying that just because this supposedly wonderful human being that lives there now is going to behave that in the future things won't change. So as again, as a, as a homeowner in Berkeley, I'm disturbed to think this kind of thing could just happen. 
And if it were to happen to me with my neighbors, I would certainly start raising hell everywhere I could. Thank you. Thank you, Timmy. Uh, next up, we'll have here from Maggie. Go ahead, Maggie. Thanks. Can you hear me? We can. Great. Um, I am a homeowner in Oakland and a former Berkeley resident speaking on behalf of the appellant. I find it very troubling that this board could consider allowing a plan to go through when the design was so dramatically changed after the appellate approved it to the point of no longer being the proposed design, especially in light of all of the inaccuracies and falsehoods that have been documented and presented here. Whether the design of the roof deck is within legal parameters or not, respect and common decency have to prevail here. If one neighbor's quality of life is going to be so adversely affected by the other neighbor's construction, a compromise has to be found. Privacy is a right. Luxury is a privilege. One neighbor's desire for a roof deck cannot outweigh another neighbor's right to privacy in their own home. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next up, we'll hear from Lisa. Hi. Lisa, go actually, ahead. Actually, can you hear me? This we is, can. Oh, good. This is Chris Ebert. I'm I'm Lisa's partner. Great. Uh, uh, actually, I a couple of my points have really been made very very well already. So I'm just going to stick with. Recently, we had a, a complaint filed against us about a shed that we had built many years ago um, that was perhaps in infraction in of maybe an inch or an inch and a half too close to the property line. So we had a survey done. It turns out that it was just fine. But eight inches seems outrageous. Like that is that is not a small mistake. Um, and that is on, on a piece of work that's being, you know, being proposed and being drawn up by architects and that, um, I I find it um, <laughs> a, a bit maddening that that would actually go through planning and be okay and not be a big red flag and not cause a bunch of, of change in the plans. Um, uh, I think I will leave it at that. I, I, I think this plan is a bad plan, so I hope you do reject it or I hope you find it in, in favor of the um, uh, appellants. Thank you much. All right, thank you. Uh, next up, we have Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. Wait, yeah, there we go. Go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? We can. Hi there. Um, I didn't prepare a speech or anything, but um, I'm glad I have a moment to speak. Uh, I know Amy through teaching art together, and um, it's been a long time now, a year and a half, that she's been super upset about this um, roof deck being built. It's really stressful and sad, and um, I really feel for her that this is um, really impacting her life in a negative way. Um, it seemed like her and her neighbor got along uh, fairly, you know, for many years, and this has brought um, a huge amount of unhappiness in her life. Um, over and over, she's expressed that this is you know, different than she expected, that the um, neighbor is not showing the true measurements and the true um, design of what's going to come. And um, I can just imagine 
being in her shoes of how stressful that is of um, someone looking into my window. Um, I, I just um, I hope that Berkeley will um, reconsider letting things go um, and really pay attention to what those numbers are. I agree with whoever that first person was that um, any architect working in Berkeley for two decades or more, they know if they're making a mistake over eight inches, um, it's not an accident to, in my view. So um, it feels scary to me and stressful. And um, I hope that someone was gonna pay attention to this because it shouldn't just be ignored. This is um, a really big important issue for um, you know, people to feel good in their home and to be happy. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I, I just hope that um, my voice that can encourage the Berkeley system to, um, you know, run in the way that they have the integrity of being um, honest and true and clear. Thank, thank you. you. All right, thank you. Um, Next, and this will be the last person is Jody. Uh, I see Jonathan Miller has his hand up, but he's part of, he's the applicant, so I'm not going to recognize him now. Um, but, oh wait, Jody, yeah. Have we already heard from Jody? It's my Jody herself. I'm sorry? Oh, we heard from Jody, but it was someone else? Yes. Okay, thank you for remembering that. Okay, so Jody, if you're a different person, you can talk, but if you're the same person, we have to uh, limit you. So I'll I'll recognize you, but you better be a different person, <laughs> or you better be Jody. If that makes sense. Hi, everybody. Hi, I, I, okay. I am Jody. That, that was sounds my like husband. great. Okay, yeah. Then you're fine. Go ahead, please. Speak We're for on two one computer because there's yeah. lots going on here. So no thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Um, hey, I I just wanted to say, you know, all that said, I really appreciate and feel deeply about the struggle with infill and development and building. I get it every day, all day. It's hard. And change is hard for all of us. And we all wish we could box around our houses and be as we are. I believe that. And I feel that every day we've got BART going in, we've got the school, you know, the other, all kinds of things going on in our neighborhood, right? So, but we're working together here enjoy right? about how we move forward as a community to allow everyone to just exist and not only exist but like happiness enjoying their lives right it's hard so i just wanted to add it's just kind of i don't know if it's on point or off point, but i just want to say like just like we got to have some faith in people here like jonathan's working really hard with his neighbors he loves his neighbors he loves his neighborhood we see him all the time and we love our neighbors too do we want more development no none of us do right and and any of it across the board but like you know rules and regulations that ADUs are not allowed now they're allowed this development is allowed it's not allowed but we gotta it's not about a black and white it's just coming to the table together figuring out how this development can happen so i appreciate the neighbors offering a suggestion i appreciate jonathan coming to the table but i just encourage you to just it's not about you know approved denied here this is really really difficult work at the community level at the local street level how do we work with each other and not you know and make each everybody help be joyful and also everybody be safe right so there's a compromise i'm just adding my comments to say you know it's not a black and white i just encourage you to say you know listen guys 
you know, have faith in each other and the architect. This isn't, it's, it's just a waste of time to slander everybody. Let's just move on. And John, you know, I feel like everybody's been trying hard to make this work in a modern society. Thank you. All right. Thank you, actual Jody. Um, next up, we have two more hands just went up. So uh, Devorah, go ahead. Yes, we can. Go ahead, Devorah. You know, you are a little quiet. Are you able to be louder? Building on what uh, Jody just said, I think that there's a, um, a a push and pull between individual freedom and we're Berkeley people. We believe in that, and community spirit and respect for one another. And we see it in a larger scale in our country right now, where individual freedoms are mowing over maybe a lot of community and. Um, you know, neighborhood and group feeling. And I hate to see that happen. I think that I agree with Jody, there's a happy medium somewhere, but it has not been reached in this project yet at all. And I hope that you will deny it and send everyone back to the drawing board and try to work out something that gets closer to somewhere in the middle between those two poles. That's all, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, next up, and I think this is the last person, uh, Aaron C. Go ahead, Aaron. Hello. Um, I'm a Berkeley resident. I'm not a direct neighbor, but in the neighborhood um, and a longtime friend of uh, Jonathan Miller, I think the applicant. I'm not sure the exact titles. Um, and uh, so I just want to say I've known Jonathan for a very long time. I've always known him to be a good kind, decent, you know, trustworthy person. Um, it, it seems that this, the plans have all been approved by the, by the zoning commission. I think the structure should be built by those plans. And if they're not, that's, that's an issue, but they've been approved and should be built by those plans. And also he's built an ADU, which has, um, you know, there's someone now renting it has created additional housing for the community. Um, so I, I don't know all the ins and outs and I joined a little late, so I don't know all the details. People were saying a lot of things. I don't know exactly. That's fact, people can put a lot of stuff up on a screen and say, this is fact and you know, it can be, it can't be. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to voice my support for uh, Jonathan Miller and his project. Thank you. Thank you. And we do have one more hand up um, uh, from Mohit. So go ahead, Mohit. Yes, hi. Um, sorry, I also joined late. Um, I'm also um, an acquaintance of uh, Jonathan Miller, and we've worked with uh, the architect Sunny uh, in the past. Uh, so I, I missed all the initial details, but like I was hoping that uh, you know, we are going by the rules, um, you know, like, and if the permit is valid, if it's based on, uh, you know, factual uh, situation on the ground, regardless of what happened in the past uh, and where the property line was, if it all makes sense, I mean, laws are there for a reason. If uh, they work out and uh, they are putting a privacy screen and all, then hopefully, like, you know, beyond emotions, we'll just deal with the facts and, and go by that. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. I think that's it from uh, the public. So I yeah, will retire the timer. Um, let's put Mohit's hand down. Okay. So board. Bring it back for board discussion. I will first recognize Deborah Sanderson. Um, thank you. I have a couple of questions for staff. Um, first is the screen, well, big picture. There was a project approved by the zoning officer. It was appealed. And in the meantime, the project changed. So what we are voting on tonight would be the final. No, Igor shaking his head. Just go ahead and ask your question. So what we're voting on tonight are, would be the plans that we were given that are the final plans, which would be uh, A21 and A01. So I'm, I, I just want to be clear what we're actually actually acting on. Steph? Yes, so just to clarify, the first AUP that was approved was approved in January 2021. And so what, what we're looking at tonight is a the AUP modification to that previous AUP. Okay, and so they've appealed the AUP modification. Correct, which adds the 40 square feet on the first floor and the uh, balcony on the second okay. floor. So my next question is how tall is the screen that um, is uh, on the west side of the building. Looking at the plans and um, pull them up, it's about three feet. How far? How and what's the wall? Okay. Let me pull up. Give me a second. Are you asking about the thickness of the screen? Now, I wanted to understand the height of the screen from floor level. So oh, yes. there's a retaining wall and then there's a screen. Mm -hmm. And what's, a, what's the total height at the top of the screen? It looks like it's about, here I can share my screen as well, if that's helpful. No, just tell me the answer. It's about six feet. Okay. Looking at the plants. So, six feet tall and it's required uh, i looked it up to make sure i wasn't um it's six feet tall which would be and it goes across at the west side of the deck so i guess i am puzzled um why with this proposed this modification of the screen i don't see how there are privacy um, impacts. If there was no screen, I could see it. But maybe one other board member can explain that to me. Um, my next question is, um, and I think this is sort of a statement, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Should be a question, please. Uh, well, okay. no. Is this correct? A question. Is this correct? Oh, statement. Let's start. Uh, <laughs> that works. So, wherever the property line really is, uh, when the project is built, it will be built according to the final plans. And 
building safety will make sure that they have a property line that's legit, a survey, and they will measure over from that property line. So it's it's really unfortunate that there was all this um, these issues about accuracy and mistakes and misunderstandings, but that's all behind us now. The project we're looking at, if there is a mistake on the drawings about where the property line is in reality, building and safety will permit the building as noted on the final plans. So I'm, I'm hoping that that will help reassure people that even if the survey, if there was confusion, but in the end, it's what's on the final plans that building and safety will follow when he gets a building permit. That's all. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, Igor. Um, thank you. <clears throat> These questions are also for staff. Um, one of the appellants um, provided a proposal to use frosted glass for, um, as I understand, one of the windows. Um, but I wanted to see um, or just confirm, would that actually be in scope or is it out of scope because all we're dealing with for the purposes of tonight is the deck? So the windows that were brought up were included in the original AUP that was approved and um, Samantha can confirm if that's not within the scope of this modification. It's not within the scope of the modification itself. Um, Samantha, do you have anything to add? That's correct. Um, so that those windows were part of the original um, AUP that was approved in the scope of the modification um, that we're looking out now is the 40 square foot addition on the first floor um, that Katrina mentioned and the balcony on the second floor. Okay. Uh, and then um, my other question um, was going to be, um, I know that this is, this does not rise to the level of, um, you know, the type of permit where there would typically be verification around uh, serving, but um, are there, have there been um, instances, like has the city independently or could the city independently assure itself of what the dimensions are given that there seem to be questions um, and disagreements around uh, survey findings? Um, just to clarify, there was a survey, it's attachment three of the staff report. The survey that was provided and dated as May 16th, 2022, um, that information is incorporated into the plans that were approved by the zoning officer. Um, as far as your question concerning the city asking for a survey, I, I don't believe that's customary. But if Samantha would like to clarify that. Uh, the city does not do um, surveys. Um, 
but the survey that was provided um, is from a licensed surveyor. So just to confirm, and I'm looking at that survey um, by Moran, and you know we've 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 dealt with Moran. They are they know what they're doing. Uh, in my 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 non-professional opinion is that Moran um, is a professional surveyor who knows that what they're doing. Um, who commissioned this survey? May I add some? Okay. Let's let get a let's get an answer first, and then I didn't hear you cut out just a little bit. Could you? He wants to know who commissioned the Moran survey. Yeah, was that required as part of the application uh, of the applicant to commission this survey to be done? The applicant provided the survey, right? Wait, thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Uh, Deborah Sanderson, did you want to add something? I just want to say my recollection of uh, surveys is that they are a legal document. It's a legal interpretation of the person who does the survey, and the city can't declare that one is bad and one is good. That is um, up to the, the neighbors and the applicant to uh, work it out in court. So I think, and I'd like to repeat, wherever this, they will be required to do a survey before they put a shovel in the ground, or at least a post in the ground, and that post must be the same distance as in the plans from the real property line that they work out. So we've had neighbors who challenge each other's surveys and it goes on and on in court. So it's nothing for us to do, um, but recognize that the dimensions on the plan from the property line will are gonna be the same wherever the property line is. That's why we ask for all of these little tiny numbers. I can't read anymore on the on the plan. Okay. All right. It's open. Open floor. Deborah Matthews. I think you're muted, Deborah Matthews. There you are. In, in listening to this, um, one of the things that, that comes up for me immediately is that the burden of responsibility in addressing the privacy issue should not be on the appellant. Um, I clearly think that, and it, it looks like the, the West Wall, um, that there are really very convenient, elegantly designed screening applications that folks can include now that are reasonably priced that could really address this West Wall issue um, and could extend the full length of, what's the full length of that, of that wall rather than having an opening on one side and or the other? Staff, I'm asking, what's the full length on that wall? I'm not seeing in the plans what you're talking about, Deborah. Well, you, you know, the wall that, is, I think it's 10 feet. It's, it's 10, 10 feet. The deck is about 10 by 10. Okay. Okay. So on that wall where they have the framing and they have the, 
the what I'm speaking to, Deborah, is they have already the existing screening that's there, but it's only partial. You can it, it doesn't attach to um, the structure. So there's an opening on one or the other side. They also pointed out in the in in their presentation that you can lean on you know the balcony of the other side and look directly still into the the, the neighbor's backyard. So you're referring to this gap. Yes. <clears throat> um, yes. There's a gap. Um, it must be like six inches, eight inches, at the um, main main building connection right and if in oh. and, and, and for the and for the need of the appellant basically having gone through whatever her own personal emotional issues are which we really are sensitive to here on this board um i think everyone could easily say that if we address that it could be a very simple fix well in it seems to me there we have a wall that is 10 feet long whether i was surprised it doesn't attach to the building it must be right. floating in air right it, it should i mean the picture i saw showed it on top of the, the retaining wall i mean the safety wall which was you know three or four feet tall and the screen is six feet tall so, um, De sure. Deborah Sanderson, I, you know, I'm not sure Deborah Matthews was finished. It seems like you guys are. Oh, oh sorry. So it's okay. Well, that, but that, that's, that's okay. She's bringing, I mean, it, it's okay to have that collaboration of the point, but yeah, I would to make like sure to, to finish. Yeah. yeah, but it it would be really important to just completely close that off. And I think that gives to the appellant a sense of privacy, a sense of really being heard and a sense of addressing what her concerns are. Um, and if there's a way to do that, I don't understand why the applicant has not already just addressed that. Is this just a position of power? Um, whatever's no. going on here, let's 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 move it out of the way so we can do what's necessary so that we have, you know, a positive outcome for both parties. Can I just ask? Um, I think that was. I appreciate your comments very much, Deborah Matthews. I'd just like to ask the board. This is already a pretty emotionally charged uh, case. And if we could refrain from ascribing any motives oh. or and to just let's just let's be really sensitive about that and just talk about the facts, talk about the facts, which you have been doing and most people have been doing, but let's just remind ourselves just to let's just talk about um Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, I think it's important, <laughs> especially in this case. This is charged yeah. and we don't we don't need to add to it. Yeah. Um so but thank you for that. That's a, a interesting thought. Um Igor, uh, you have something to say? Yeah, um I, I wanted to um echo um many of commission matthews comments um i'll just say you know um i don't live too far from this property um you know i live far enough that i'm able to uh, vote and have an impartial opinion um i think it's really unfortunate um as to the acrimony that has occurred and uh, i i do want to as well reinforce the fact that here um, on this body, there are certain issues um, calling into questions individual character of whomever that we just do not and cannot deal with. Um, so the only thing in question that is in scope appears to be this 10 by 10 kind of enclosure um 
for lack of a better description. Um, and I agree that if we are to just address the privacy issues um, head on, um, and which is something that um, is well within our right as the Zoning Adjustments Board to do, um, you know, we are not suggesting, uh, or at least I am, I am not suggesting um, unless it would be um, straightforward to do this. Um, I mean, I, I, I would be interested in exploring other options, including if there's a slight change to orientation of the deck that would, um, that both parties would, or all three parties would be satisfied with um would certainly be interested in that as well. But um unless I hear that, it seems like the simplest and most impactful thing that we could do is to direct the applicant to create a full uh enclosure that completely mitigates for the potential privacy impacts. Um and I'm not an architect. We have other architects here, so I will defer to them um, on the language. But that is something that I would be interested in supporting so that we can um, address uh, the thing that uh, would hopefully do the most good here and allow um, the neighbors um, to move forward. Um, um, you know, um, hopefully, um, I really, really hope that the situation, like, if that can address the acrimony, I would love to support that. Igor, just to clarify, you said a full enclosure. Do you mean just on that one wall or the the whole balcony? I would be interested in hearing from others, including potentially the um, applicant and uh, appellants, but. Uh, at least on the one wall, uh, something that, you know, connects to the rest of the structure fully. Okay. So that's um, similar to what the Debras were suggesting. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. trying to be clear if you're suggesting something different or not. Okay. The Debras. Um, it's great. So thank you very much, Igor. Um, let's hear from Dohi. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I believe there's a comment during public hearing that really stood out to me. And to me, it just sounded like we need to emphasize community building in, in these processes, in these public forums. And, and that really reminded me also that the Zoning Adjustments Board is made up of constituents and community members. Uh, we are not a legal body, <laughs> like fully. We, we may be a quasi-legal body, but we are not here as lawyers to speak. I mean, quasi-judicial, you mean? Right. So, so you mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Quasi judicial. But mm -hmm. we are not a legal body of lawyers or or any other people within that official system to speak on perjury or anything like that, or intent or or character flaws or things like that. And so just wanted to emphasize that community building is important and 